You're listening to the Cars of Carlisle Network, podcast episode number 124, featuring Mike Kinney, motorsports announcer, event host and MC, as well as celebrity auctioneer. Cars of Carlisle is your favorite internationally downloaded podcast about all things automotive. Darren and his CFC team are ever searching for interesting automotive happenings, real stories about real car people, and fun features to inform and entertain you. Each week, the Cars of Carlisle crew brings you show topics ranging from car shows to team adventures to auto racing weekends to behind-the-scenes human interest stories from car nuts that live across town, across the country, or even across the globe. Come join the road trip. Today, ride along to Las Vegas to meet Mike Kenny. Not only is Hammerdown Mike beloved by a wide array of automotive and show business celebrities, he's an incredibly likable and outgoing friend to the Cars of Carlisle network. As a proud owner of custom rides, like his award-winning Swoopy, Mike is the type who enjoys giving back to charitable causes of all sorts. It's time to hear from a car fan with a personality bigger than the Las Vegas Strip. So, let's get... up. Hello and welcome back, Cubers, to your favorite informative automotive podcast. I am your trusted host, Darren. It is so great to have you back again with us this week. In several minutes, we're going to be talking with Mike Kinney, new friend and great fan of the show. Uh, his energy and vigor for life is unmistakable and energizing. You're going to really enjoy this with him. Mike is a busy guy. He's, as you heard, does all kinds of things around motorsports and working with celebrities and, and auctions. He is a guy of so many talents and uh, you're really going to enjoy this. Remember, Cars of Carlisle is your podcast. Together, it is all about car community and car culture. Talking a little bit about Mike uh, to kind of get that going before we, we go to the interview. Uh, he's owned some and has owned and does own some incredible cars. In fact, uh, he has a 70 Plymouth Roadrunner Superbird. It's a tribute you hear about with the 426 Hemi and, and the twin Elbrock four barrels. I mean, it's a, a beautiful car. I've seen pictures of that and we'll share those. He's had things like 68 Mustang 2 Plus 2 with a 289, a 70 Boss 302. Uh, so an interesting uh, B300 uh, Dodge van, 4x4, four, four four on, uh, I think, 12 or 13-inch lift. I mean, mud bogging is what that thing was for. Uh, he's had uh, a 69 Plymouth Satellite. He'll talk a little bit about his 47 Dodge Custom with the 392 Hemi. Uh, Italian leather. It's, uh, as refer- you know, you would know it more as a... A bit of a, a Mordor odd rod is uh, what Swoopy is uh, referred to, but that's a great vehicle too. So stay buckled up. We'll be speaking with Mike here very shortly. Wanted to ask you, have you subscribed to Cars of Carlisle yet? And if you haven't, please do so. It'll allow you to have these episodes queued up and ready for you each Tuesday night or Wednesday morning, depending on where you are in the, in the world. And it allows us to make sure that you get the latest and each weekly update it's there, ready to go, so you can listen to it whether you're on the Mechanic Creeper or you're out tinkering or uh, on the car, you're detailing, yeah, we're cleaning the, the uh, carburetor, whatever it might be. Take us along and enjoy the uh, weekly journey as you do uh, all the things you need to do in your everyday week. So another thing, too, is if you have any input or anything you'd like us to work on or to do more of, please email us. We are... 
uh, very adamant about trying to improve this show each and every week with content and guests, and uh, we absolutely take that seriously. You can also support us through paypal.me, Cars of Carlisle, and if you go there and uh, whatever you feel would be a, a good donation, that would be great. That helps us to do some travel and some other things uh, to continue to put this podcast together for you each and every week. And we're proud to say we haven't missed uh, an episode in over two and a half years. I haven't missed a, a weekly episode. So uh, each week we are committed to making sure you get the latest uh, episode and have some fun learning all about new people and uh, those of us that truly love all things with wheels. I wanted to mention too, just as I come across things, it's always good to share some news around the way in our industry. Um, and with that, this actually dovetails well with last week's episode, episode number 123 with Andrea Randolph. She was the C7Z06 owner and saw on the CorvetteForum.com, gentleman uh, reporter had, uh, Brett Foote had uh, made a, uh, an announcement or just, just sharing some news that he found out from General Motors that I guess uh, Chevy is going to be putting out uh, an eighth generation Corvette Z06, which we've all expected, but it's sounding like now it's going to be a naturally aspirated V8, which is really great news for a lot of us. I know uh, there are plenty that are taking their uh, C8s uh, and, and of course, uh, going with a, a turbo setup, a twin turbo, what have you. But the fact that uh, GM is now talking about going with that uh, natural breathing, naturally aspirated, non boosted. Uh, 5.5 liter LT6 V8 in the uh, in the C8 Z06. That's pretty amazing. The fact that uh, they're claiming that it will probably uh, redline around nine grand. So that's that's going to be pretty interesting stuff. So just saw that, thought I would share that with all of you, uh, especially since we had just talked about uh, Z06s last week. Okay, so let's double clutch and shift gears into this week's trivia question. I wanted for this week to come up with something that really brought together Las Vegas, which is Mike Kenny's hometown, as well as uh, the fact that what we are, our hobby, all all things cars, all things automotive. And so the question is doing just that, blending those two subjects. So here we go. In what year did the SEMA show, which most everyone knows is the Specialty Equipment Market Association. So what year did the SEMA show move from the Los Angeles, Anaheim, California area to its current home of Las Vegas. And just so you know, I mean, I'm sure everyone heard that um, the 2020 show, in light of everything happening with the pandemic, was indeed canceled, which is, uh, that rarely if ever happens. So what year did the SEMA show move from Southern Cal to Las Vegas? So we'll have that answer, which is parked and waiting for us at the end of this episode. So now it's time to tune into our phone interview with Mike Kinney, friend of the show, and he is a guy, like I said, has uh, just a lot of energy and, to me, an enviable late-night radio show voice. So let's do it. Hello, Cubers. This is Darren, and I'm coming to you tonight from Studio A here in Carlisle, Pennsylvania, USA. And on the phone, I have a new and fast friend of mine. I want to introduce everyone to Mike Kinney. Mike Kinney, you can you have the you have the floor, man. Let's let's talk a little bit about. Uh, let's just get right into it. You were part of the uh, the virtual the Courage Virtual Car Show about four weeks back. Thanks for you and Mary for being there. Well, Darren, it's our pleasure. I appreciate your participation. We've known John Diagostino for many, many years. He reached out and he said, "Hey, Mike, this is what we're doing." And I found out that charity was to help food in general and food yep. banks and helping the children, hungry children. The list goes on. I yep. said, "Sign us up." 
And there, nobody's more shocked than we were that we got a top 19 pick. I know. I was so happy for you and Mary. That's that's what it's about. And it just, I like, there was a, I've really enjoyed just reading about you, know, your bio and, and doing some research on you. And, and in fact, uh, for my listeners, all around the world, we've got downloads in 43 countries. But check out... Uh, Go to Mike Kenny, M-I-K-E-K-I-N-N-E-Y dot Vegas. Or you can even email a question or what have you directly to Mike or if you have interest for some of the things he's going to be talking about of how he's uh, a big part of the, this hobby and, and the uh, really the, the entertainment industry. You can email him directly at hammerdown, which is appropriate for a car guy like my bud Mike, hammerdown at Kenny dot Vegas. So yeah, we really we were so glad to see you guys uh, score in the top 19. It just is on top of everything. I think you even I, I saw a quote of yours in some of the material you provided to me. Mike was just the best part about charity and giving to others and things, especially for for children's organizations and things. You get so much more in return. It's just that's a beautiful way of looking at it. Absolutely, brother. That's a phrase I stole years ago from somebody a lot smarter than I. You always get more than you give. Mm-hmm. Amen. For sure. You're changing children's lives, man. For real. Well, I I want to talk a lot about, I mean, living in Vegas, you were talking just a few minutes ago. I was saying I was coming back to the studio, and you're hitting about 114 degrees. And no matter what the dry heat, that's just like being in an oven. That's dry heat as well. So you guys have had a scorcher of a day. Yeah, now we're getting a little bit of wind. And now, bear in mind, our humidity is usually around 5 to 8. Mm-hmm. When we get 112 or so and like 18 to 20 percent humidity, it's kind of rough for us. We're kind of used <laughs> yeah. to that environment. <laughs> I would say so. It's like having a, a giant hair dryer in your face at all times. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just, I said, isn't this fun? And actually, our Superbird doesn't have air conditioning because it didn't come with it. So I drive her like at 6 o'clock in the morning, and we're kind of done. <laughs> I can see. I can see why. <laughs> I get it. Well, let's let's go all the way. Let's let's turn all the way back to uh, your early days. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to try and say it correctly. Otumwa, Iowa, right? Which is in the southern part of the state yep. of Iowa, correct? Yep. It's Otumwa, Iowa. It's about 30 miles north of the Missouri border. It was the hometown of Ray R. Riley from the Book of Mash. Oh boy! I tell you, I I grew up on Mash, and for those that might be too young. That's a show that was on in the in the '70s, and uh, Alan Alda and others were on it. But uh, I think if I, I, I this is you kind of I'm putting myself on the spot. Doesn't that stand for like Mobile Army Surgical Hospital or something? You're absolutely correct. To give you an idea, so a tumult where I'd grown up, and they'd lost some of the factories, and so they, the mayor goes, "Ooh!" Mm-hmm. So they wrote to Gary Burgos press people and said, "Hey, on our letterhead, we we like to be able to say." Nice little plus for sure. Well, I, yeah, I it was just something else. Well, I, I know that it seems to me that you pretty much came into the world with uh, high octane racing fuel in your veins. Is that a fair statement? That's pretty much it. You know, I started building bicycles when I was like eight or nine years old. I started drag racing by the time I was fourteen. I was stock car by the time I was fifteen. Now this is back in the day. It was flat track dirt, maybe. 
southwestern florida and st louis and i mean yeah, wherever it is you go to it essentially pretty much it i've done pretty much all the southwestern united states actually a lot of stuff here at las vegas motor speedway mm. and kind of your neck of the woods does in st louis it's called monster mopar three days of this big drag racing celebration of anything mopar they flew me out to be one of their celebrity announcers that and five dollars got me a cup of coffee at most starbucks <laughs> six of them you've got a flock of uh that's that's a man six super birds my gosh you gotta have a good one and a spare i guess that's time for that. I mean, that's a very generous offer, too. <laughs> that's the way I look at it. Yep. There it goes, oh, great. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you... On the MC and benefit charity auction side, I've done every major property on the Las Vegas Strip. I've done the installation bank with Racina and Pasadena. We've done events in Florida and Tulsa. And then and one of the interesting ones that I get a lot of comments on my media resume, and also MC for events at the Beverly Hills Wow. And it is as amazing as you would envision it is. <laughs> now, was that during uh, Hef's, Hef's years? Yep. Okay. During Hef's years, I got a chance to meet him a couple of times. And wow. Very interesting guy. The house is amazing. It has the largest privately owned redwood forest in the United States. 
I had no idea. Wow. I'm sorry. all the hardships you've been through, Mike. I mean, it's rough. It really yeah, it's, is. It's, you know, just, it's, it's been a really tough road to hoe, you know? You're right. No, I hear you. I hear you. Holy and cow. And on the you know, charity auctioneering side, we've been, we're now north of $4 million. I think we're approaching $5 million collectively. The majority has been children's charities programs. Mm-hmm. And all of this is just providing opportunities. Like, you know, I've been talking previously. I just get to hang out with some really cool people. George Baskin, rest in peace, God love it. Gene mm. Winfield, Mike Curtis, Foos, Carson Left, Dave Woodall, Chris Jacob, Shirley Modano, John Forrest, Tony Stewart, Jason Alexander, Glenn Campbell, rest in peace. Wayne Newton, who really likes my hair, check that out. Sure's <laughs> Bella Fun. And so actually one of my best stories I have with George, and we were somewhere, I think we're sitting down getting ready to have dinner, and he designed do you remember the Munster TV show? Oh, I do, yes. And it only was about two or three seasons, but it had a really cult following. It was very, very cool. And Fred Gwynn was, was you know, the dad. And among the stuff George had built was called the Monster Coach with a K. Yeah. This thing is about 18 feet long. Essentially, they kind of took the body as a cool of a three bucket piece and just built all of this. They had to do it in like a blessing. I can give it two, three months to get it all done. And so he gets this car done. Now, it's got a nasty small block Ford in it with zooming headers, if you will, and they're directed down versus pointing up. So it's totally uncorked all the time. Of mm. course, that's how George likes to do business. So he told me that he got it all done, and they had a few days, you know, they're you know, driving to get the bugs out of it. So his next-door neighbor was a really good friend and helped him do a few things. So he takes his next door neighbor's nine-year-old son on Friday morning to school in the Munster Cup. Pulls up in front of the school. You would have thought the building was on fire. All the kids look, I'm running out, and he's like to squeeze the horn and sit inside it and climb all over. Finally, the principal comes out and he goes, Sir, I don't know who you are, but will you please get this thing away from the, the school so we can actually class today? <laughs> That's a great story. And whoever that lucky neighbor kid is probably tells that story oh. at every backyard barbecue. And, and I, you know, I talk and we're really fortunate. We were in Riyadh with a bunch of the full class in November and I'm on Carson Webb who does a lot of kind of helps day-to-day operations of food's design. So I get there, now, not, there's thousands of them. This place is huge. Like the SEMA show, but that may be a factor of 10 as far as size. So I go rolling in, I find Carson. He goes, well, let's go sit beside Chip. Okay. So we walk around, and he's starting to push in the P32 high boy that, that they brought over. So I, I'm pushed on the front wheel, and Chip looks back and sees me, and he says, hey, Mike, I figured you'd be here. I'll sit down and talk. So it, it didn't even baffle him. <laughs> See, you've, you've rubbed elbows with some amazing people. I mean, uh, Foos and, and Winfield, and oh my gosh, that's that's incredible. And I think the one of the ones I love to share, because you know, we had the pleasure, we did stuff with Bob Fry, the lead announcer for NHRA for years. Bob is amazing on the microphone. 
And I had, I've had the pleasure, I've been in a couple of different productions here in town, kind of local, you know, east side on drag racing, hot rodding in general. So I'm, we are interviewing on Monday because we have two NHRA races here in the end on Sunday. Monday's not open to the public. So the race teams, because they spent all the money to get here, you know, so well, let's reset the clutch, let's change the mag just a little bit, and they just will run down the track to see how, how the race car went back before they stuff it back in the trail. The hall to get out of there. So we're out there with our full press credentials. So you've got the, the traditional two very young, good-looking ladies with the microphone. Then you got the old, dumber, you know, white-haired announcer guy that's really kind of trying to carry the load. So the standard question that the young gals would we're talking to Jerry Tolliver and the list goes on. They was, the phrase was boxes or briefs. Ah. The guys would answer, so the girls would giggle. And I thought, this is, you know, this is fun. And so, actually, it gets better. So, Ashley Force is just starting to kind of come into her own. Mm-hmm. And so, I see Austin, everybody. Austin was the head guy helping Force for years. So, we have two crews, and I just say, I'm going to go talk to Austin. You get you two girls can talk to Ashley because that'd be great. That would be great copy, right? <laughs> young ladies with young bright right? And so John Force, bless him, he was, he is probably a master of media. If you catch my drift, yes, he really knows how to maximize you know, coverage. What he's doing, his sponsors, and just conducting himself very well. Mm-hmm. So he really kept up on what was going on with Ashley. So. I'm hanging out with Austin, talking about his toothpick that always had in the corner of his mouth, and he tapped the hood and gave him a thumbs up, and was ready to uncork that big giant funny car, Mustang, Mustang and John. So I'm talking to Austin, he goes, hey, look, that comes John. So he comes up on his scooter, and if you've ever been around John, it's pretty easy to tell when he's not real pleased with something. Oh, you're right, right. He's coming at me with a load, and and he walks over. Now, I'm going to clean this up for your listeners. He goes, Do those two young girls, are they part of your show? Because I know who you are. Who are they? And I goes, Yeah, John, they are. He goes, Do you know what they asked my daughter? <laughs> and now I'm getting scared, you know. Right. I said, Well, because I was talking to Austin. They asked them her, if her boyfriend wears boxers or briefs. What is it? So this goes on for like four minutes. And at that point in time, all your listeners take note. The best thing you can say is, yes, John. Or no, John. Right. Or just don't speak at all. Right. Because sooner or later, he's going to wind down. And so finally, he gets down. He says, you ain't going to do that again. And I said, no, sir. He said, okay. I said, we ready? I said, yeah. So I, I'm in the three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway, we, we got the new pony of John Ford. Man, how's that car doing? And so and we go through the whole shtick. We calmly do about it, maybe a minute, minute and a half. And on the air, dude. We go to leave, and he goes, no, 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 we're not done yet. He goes, Mike, I got a question for you. And I said, John, what's that? He's going to be square in the eye, and he goes, boxers or briefs? <laughs> that sounds like something he would do, yes. <laughs> and he just got me completely flat-footed, and Austin's dying laughing behind me because he knew what was going. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that sounds just. I mean, I've never met him, but that sure sounds like the personality I've seen on TV for sure. And just, and what I've kind of figured out is you as well is just anytime you get into the media and like you have an amazing format like you did. Oh my goodness, you got to keep the sense of humor about this thing too. Yeah, you do. Too many people get you know wound up and get serious about it. It's all about them. I said, no, 
why I always say life is stressful enough. We don't need to add to that. There's no sense in it. In fact, I, I, I look at this. Yeah, this podcast is to be a 25-minute to hour-long weekly road trip where people, if they're on the treadmill or they're waiting for their kid at soccer practice or they're on the mechanics creeper underneath their car changing the oil Saturday morning, it's just meant to kind of take a an audio road trip and just forget about all the things that make us worry. That This is to be fun. You know, that's what it's about. Thank you so much. That means a lot. And, and coming from a guy who knows his way around the media and, and uh, accomplished all the things you've done, and my gosh, the contributions you've made to this hobby. I, those, uh, I'm smiling, and you can't you can't see it, can't hear it, but I'm smiling. That means a lot. So thank you, Mike. Uh, oh, by the way, great job with Candy Clark. I'll talk about her later as well. Oh. been one of my most favorite uh, interviews and if you listen to episode 119 I've always I've, I was raised on American Graffiti and um, actually while I was out in California uh, with my lady over the uh, uh, couple weeks back we met, spent some time in Modesto because of course where George Lucas was from and he was trying to uh, he went back and he was going to make a movie about his hometown but it had changed so much in 10 years but just the more people I talk to, I mean, there's just this great connection. And that movie has been so, so iconic, even after all of these years. It's just... Oh, yeah. 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 Well, like Candy Clark is talking about people watch it thousands of times. Myself and well, my buddy that designs Hot Rods out of Southern California, we're doing Trivial Pursuit on stage <laughs> during the Grand National Roadster Show. You know? Wow. Oh, well, the manufacturer of the guy that firsthand from uh, talking to Candy and through the interview and things when you when you get a behind the scenes idea of just uh, like the, the the one scene where it was done at, you know in the daytime but they had to put filters on the camera I love that kind of stuff that to me I'm a film buff and a car buff so to know more about that it just is intriguing to me and then for like one of the odd little pieces of trivia I got to ride I remember you telling me that, and that blew my doors off. That is so cool. And I, I'd known Bill for a while, and I was talking to him and hey, this is what we do every year. Man, he goes, well, why don't I come? And he said, okay. So he's, he's helping kids, and this is for autism research, and that's near and dear to his heart. He goes, would you like to have the Merc there? And I went, okay. Wow. <laughs> that's cool. 
We ain't going to say no. No, for sure. For sure. And that means a lot when you do that kind of thing. So that, hats off to you, man. Hats off. Well, I think let's, let's, let's downshift a little bit. Talk about some of the beautiful and powerful cars that have graced your garage. Well, thank you. Just, and I, you know, it took me a while to find my way, if you will. I probably back literally my first car was a 59 four-door, six-cylinder, three on the tree. I bailed hay all summer to buy it, you know, the drill. And so then I kind of, you know, started getting real jobs. I had a 66 Mustang, two plus two, fastback, 289 with a 10-bolt top loader, four-speed. Then we kind of evolved in 1975, so two months, then complete with a shaker hood and the entirely desirable Luger Grew window. You got it. Then, for, then I kind of left the dark side and figured out I really am kind of a Mopar guy. <laughs> so I, I took a B300 slab side van, which is like the full size van with no windows in the side, except in the door. It's a 4x4 four four to begin with. We massaged a 360, lifted about 13-inch took it mud bog racing and it was street legal to drive on the street. Wow. Now, my, my better half, Mary Elizabeth, I'm, I'm so fortunate, I married my best friend. We've been, I've been together over 31 years. Congratulations. I'm, pleased, I'm so pleased she's still with me. I'm not sure why. <laughs> she is, she is five step. I definitely married up, by the way, there. That's the way to do it. She is five seven, weighs 105 and wet clothes and loves <laughs> to drive this van. Oh, nice. Now, the, the front bumper is above your belt buckle, so she's up in the air. And she goes driving around, and people are unbeating their little wannabe pickup and realize it's a girl driving that big van, and they <laughs> try to ignore her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is... like I said, then I got left the dark side. I found me a 69 satellite, and actually I had to put the 360 crate motor in it. We did Willwood brakes. Vintager, had a lot of fun with it. A guy out of Vancouver fell in love with the car. He goes, I absolutely positively have to have it. Well, okay. So we figured out what kind of work. And then we went totally off the deep end and to quote Mr. Regular, I think it was on your podcast towards the end of July about custom projects. Mm-hmm. And you end up on custom problems. So we took a 1946 Dodge Custom Deluxe four-door, and the rear, rear doors are suicide from the factory with opera windows. Ooh. We did uh, 120 body mods, all steel, one-off wheels, one-off twin floating grills. All the chrome inside the car was designed for 392 Hemi with twin Hollies. All the leather came out of northern Italy for a special shipment, dark we designed our seat buttons. The car was called Swoopy. And so by the way, this is just to, to the listeners know that Swoopy is what earned you that top 19 at the virtual car show. As a matter of fact, I think yes. And so Kenny Youngblood, legendary drag racing artist, he designed the script to read Swoopy. We took the S, blew it up about almost an inch in size, and we worked with the folks at Motorhead Jewelry and got it chromed, and that became our seat button. Mm-hmm. So on the back of the, the seats you have the S. So all those pieces, and to go back to what Mr. Regular was saying, so this car, these were post World War II cars, and they were a great taxi cab because of the suicide rear doors. Of course, we found in I mean, like like Brighton or some West Virginia in a bar 
car and had been sitting there 30 years because all he really wanted was the body and the frame because we knew we were going to redo everything else. You know, we got Mustang too. We had nice positive facts. So in that year, the drip rail, you could actually use it for a rain gutter for your home. It was rather large. And we said, well, we really don't want to have this very large drip rail, so we take the flying wheel cutter and we remove it. Well, unbeknownst to us, Darren, is the doors stuck out a little bit <laughs> at the top. You couldn't tell it because the drip rail covered them. So now we have the top of the doors and the edge of the, the top of the doors is sticking out about an eighth of an inch. So we took a quarter inch rod about, I think, 10 to 12 feet in length, hammer welded it, both sides of the car, and then took it back down to blend it so it matched the outside the door when you shut the door. Incredible. Incredible. And we, and people go, what? And I said, yeah. Once you start, you know, it's kind of gets stuck. And I've always been, my passion, one thing I really like about Mr. Regler, because he's a fun guy anyway, is what you kind of heard what he's doing upgrading his Falcon. With buddy, the help of his buddy that had that shop, they kind of planned the build. Right. Mm-hmm. right. They said, we're going to dip the with you, different training, different rent, different drive shaft, so you can make everything work. And so many enthusiasts, they get all excited. And to be kind, I've seen some vehicles that appear they drove me through with a, a set of magnets to an auto zone. And what if they could pull off the rack and slap on the car and say, look what I have. I said, okay, you know, yeah, that right, worked right. for you. phraseology you had shared with me more door odd rod and it's and it's beautiful Absolutely. it's just be- i mean for a sedan and and being like you said chopped and i mean just uniquely gorgeous i mean there's no doubt about it thank you thank you hey, george was there when we popped the cover and he's standing there talking with me and he's talking about builders out of out of chronos now retired george pulled me aside and he goes mike i said yes sir you chopped a four-door car that also has opera windows. I said, yes, sir. He goes, you dummy, you chopped two cars. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and I said, George, you got me there. Yeah. But you know, we, we did a lot of the circuit with it. We did Grand National Sacramento. I think one of the highlights when we were build a showcase in Louisville for your listeners, the NAS there is about 11,500 cars. They picked 30 well in advance for Builder Showcase. We got picked for that. 
We were in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia with the car. One of my favorite experiences is we did Daryl Starbird's show in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oh my goodness. And his claim to fame, he's in this big pre-arched building. They like a really giant Kwanzaa hut that's designed a lot better. And he has about around 900 to 1,000 vehicles and there's motorcycles and stuff. And there's no center columns anywhere. amazing compliments from incredible legends. Oh, I'm impressed. Yeah. I was charging it. Yeah, that's what it was. But it has the original radio book. 
And you said that Retro Sound, right? That was the name? Yeah, Retro Sound by right. Henderson, Nevada. You would not be disappointed to one of them. Yeah, I was going to say. And we actually, and the, you know, the, the good news and the bad news, I, I think everybody's become aware they canceled FEMA this year. This probably justifiably so. We're still trying to sort out COVID-19. 48 hours, Darren, before they canceled the show, I got a call. The super dude had been picked for Hot Rod Alley. Oh. Wow. <laughs> I went from, yeah, going from, oh, goody, 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 to you. Yeah. <laughs> you, rode that yeah. Up, you rode that roller coaster of emotions right there in a matter of two days. My goodness. On the plus side, I already got a couple companies wanting to have in their booth next year because just a wing car was a Daytona or a Superbird. They, wherever you are, they draw a crowd. Yes, they do. Oh, my goodness. They really do. Well, I hope to get back out to Vegas, and I would love to see see the uh, the 70 bird and, and uh, some of the others. I mean, or even just to meet Swoopy. I mean, to, to have a chance to be up close. I've seen the car um, virtually, but to be able to, to get up close to some of your beauties, man, that's that's awesome. Well, I, I, I one of the things... Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, man. No, you can then check down what we need to... I need to have you drive the Superbird. Absolutely. You, uh, I'd be glad to do that favor for you. Word right there. I love loud and proud. Let's do it. Yes. Count me in. Standing up right now. This is this is mu- this is music. This is pure music. I, this is my art right here. Oh. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep checking for cheap flights back to Vegas because this I'm telling you I, I've got to do that that uh, that favor for you and. Uh, well, you got as a matter of fact, we just got an invite two days ago. The, the car shows are starting to come back in a little bit. These social distancing stuff that makes sense, and I refuse to get the political side of it. It's probably not a bad idea. It will be at Red Rock Country Club on the golf course, which is cool. And they, I got, I got reached out by the promoter, and they're building a display, and they're going to have like eight feature vehicles, and they want the super bird there. Oh, congratulations! That's I can see why. Okay. That's beautiful. Well, I would love, uh, I know we're going to be uh, aiming to get your episode up here probably around the 9th of September about then. We'll have plenty of time. I would love to get some of these photos of your of your rides, Mike. We'll put that out there on Charles Carlisle Instagram so everybody can see these gorgeous vehicles. 
Thank you so much. Definitely. And when you mentioned car shows, I mean, that's really great. I know that the Courage Virtual Car Show was our way of, of trying to keep us all as a community together. And certainly we'd like to continue doing that. Diagostino is on board with it. He was um, very positive about the, the whole approach. And, and, and even in the wintertime, when we don't have some of those opportunities, especially here in the Northeast, it'd be, what a great way to stay together as a, as a car hobby, a car family, if you will. And I, I, I want to paraphrase something that you had said. Uh, I don't know if you had borrowed this or if these were your, your, your brilliant words, but I always, I, people, my listeners will hear me say that it's the, the cars that we all love are a bit of a great equalizer. You can have a neurosurgeon who makes who has more zeros behind his salary standing next to a kid who's working the $13 an hour job at a parts store and they can be looking, leaning in on a Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoon under a hood of a car and they, regardless of their background, race, creed, socioeconomic situation, they are connected. There's an immediate connection. And, you, and to, to paraphrase you, you had said, our hobby, this hobby is one of the few where you can take a 17-year-old and a 70-year-old and they're talking the same language and they have equal respect and understanding for one another. And I thought those were brilliant words. Thank you. I, I had just, I coined out a few years ago when we'd be talking about our, our gasoline alley birthday bash event and people go, and it just kind of resonates because it just fascinates me because the young people, they really respect the older people because they, they figured all this out and the older people can't wait to share this information yes. with the younger people. Yes. And, and it's, uh, and I pretty much, I don't like any vehicle. You know, I've got my boat bar, don't get me wrong, but it's just whatever you build, God bless you. Go have fun with it. You know? mm-hmm. And the old phrase, get up, what did you do? And you know, I was talking a while back, and I now ended up a couple of magazines. And, and he said, he thinks one of the downfall of America is when they eliminated shop in high school. <laughs> that, well, here you are. Yeah. Yeah. Just the fact of knowing how to do Yeah. There's, it's, you be able to take pride and build a wrench on a car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I, I taught a feed from Jay Leno. I've done a couple of things with him for our show. You know, we did a big uh, muscle car at the Strip. We do some features with it. And this is, I'd like to share this with everybody. Please take it to heart. In the United States, around most of the world, we're all kind of having a little bit of challenge dealing with COVID-19. And we can't socialize there as much as we used to. And but I got to paraphrase, paraphrase Jay a little bit. And he says, yes, just on a nice day, take your hot rod out for just a little bit. You know, you don't have to go to a big show. Just take it out and wipe it. Not only is it going to put a smile on your face, mm-hmm. odds are it's going to put a smile on somebody else's face that sees your car when you're idling by. Exactly. Maybe, maybe it makes their day just a little better. I can personally test with the bird because she's that uber shiny turquoise red, right? Mm-hmm. And got the white plymouth on above the real world. And there are people who just, they're walking, they will stop, they point at the car, they wave, they giggle, and they grin. Yep. And that's a successful drive. So if everybody embraces that, you got your rat rod, your custom, your low rod, whatever you've got, get them out of the garage on occasion, and just pick them up, take them down to your neighborhood. Well, you, and you may help. You, you are so spot on, and I love it whenever... Um, I'm rolling in my vet and some kid will give me the, the Revit you know, 
hand signal, and I'll tack it up to 4,500 oh, yeah. 4, or whatever, and, and and they're pumping their fist and loving it. Just to that same oh. point, somebody you, you know you had fun doing it, and you made somebody else's afternoon or whatever at the same time. That's a great feeling. Exactly. So it just and so for a few moments, you know, all this kind of maybe goes in the background a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I. Absolutely, and I, I want to just take a moment. Let's talk about Gasoline Alley's the birthday bash. You've been doing it for over a decade, right? Eleven years. We've done it for eleven years. It's been on pause for a few because there was changes in the city infrastructure, and unfortunately, we got kind of priced out of existence. They literally started in front of our house. Drum roll. Are you ready? With a total of nine cars. Hmm. That's all it takes, though. That's all it takes. Here during SEMA, they go to church, right? 
he and his wife and two girls. Uh, and he's driving out there during their station way. And they go to leave. She stops and the boy sneaks to back up. She back up and hits Copperhead with her station way. Stays out that work out. He goes, well, I had to pray a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet he did. I bet he did. Oh, my. That, that, that tests the patience right there. Mm. Mm -hmm. Test the patience. And, and you mentioned earlier, I think it's worth repeating, is, and I've got a couple ways I want to leave this in for people. Just when you can help the charity, you get more head and shoulders about what you give. And we've been really fortunate in doing our event, and we've done one travel with our car. And I really encourage everybody when you take your car to the show, just please buy raffle tickets. Please help that charity. Mm -hmm. and focus, focus on how you're benefiting children of that given charity, whether it's all an officer. The case would be this is chasing a trophy. Yes. I've had people, I've had people at our event, they're my there for two days, they can't come out of town, and they were really happy, and they got a certain type of trophy, but they should have they got a bigger one. Yeah. And they got really animated, and I'm going, wow, I just, you know, how does this work? Right. <laughs> so, everything, we just appreciate what it is, and likewise, appreciate the incredible drawing power yes. your vehicle has. Yes. And I, I guarantee you, it's kind of like Amway, right? You go to the convention, you're going to bring two more friends. Right? So if you're listeners and you find out there's a local car show, again, the children's charity, one of scratches, you're reach out to a bunch of your friends and you go together. Yes. Exactly. Put that, they're going to love you for this. Yep. And they're generating money. And you get a chance to do something cool with your cars. Amen, Mike. I tell you, last July, I entered the Z06 in Rally North America, which was... Uh, about a 1,500-mile scavenger hunt type event uh, that we went all the way up to, to Maine. But the whole thing wow. benefited Camp Sunshine, which is uh, a camp in the, the Maine woods that is for families and children who are battling usually life-threatening or terminal illnesses, very rare illnesses, and they'll have children come from all over the country. There may be a rare blood cancer that's uh, a, a juvenile type disease that 17 kids on the planet may have and they have doctors and consultants and counselors and what they do is through all the all the money raised they bring families from wherever they are uh met a family from the uk and what have you but they they come with their children the parents get to get to talk to other parents and, and siblings talk to other siblings of how to support best and what they're going through because no one else understands what they're battling the kids get to actually be kids they go they stay in yurts and they go camping and they go to the pool and they go on uh, nature hikes and all these things and they get for a week to feel normal and and i can tell you when we came into camp with our, our 80 different cars that were in the event to have these kids open the door to my z06 and let these four and seven and eight year olds climb in behind the wheel and let their parents take pictures of them and they say I want to be a race car driver and someday I want a car like this there it I tell you you can't put a dollar sign on what that felt like no and and just like you were talking earlier but George Barris when he took his neighbor's son to school in the Munster coach right mm -hmm. those children will never forget that mm -hmm. one of the most poignant things that happened in our show and I got to be candid hot just like you, I love to eat yak, and I you know, almost, almost all the time to eat 
care of the air chair. So we got a big event going on for the weekend. It's day two at the big park. There's thousands of people. And I get a call on the radio. It's Mike. There's this couple that wants to talk to you. They're up by the street. I said, okay. So I got to zip it up my little you know, trusty golf cart. And it's a couple maybe in their early 30s. They have a young boy, five or six, who's autistic. And he's like function level. So he's kind of doing okay. And they had a, and the daughter, I think it was eight or nine, was in a wheelchair. So they're getting everybody out of the car. And I tell them, you might, I guess. Okay, nothing. He says, well, I just want to thank you for doing this event because I know anybody's doing autism research tonight. We can't believe all the work you do to put this event on. And I'm standing there, and number one, it's really hard for me to talk at that moment. I'm thinking, envisioning what they do every hour, every day, mm. every week. Yes, sir. Every month yes. throughout the year. Yes. And they're thanking me for yes. a little bit of time that Mary and I went to have a gathering of horror Yes. For the longest time, I'd get interviewed, and I would break up trying to talk about it because you are on target. It really gives you a better perspective of what's truly important. And yeah, you guys went out of your way and drove what's like 5,000 miles or you got to spend all the money for hotels and fuel. But look at the difference you made. I was at Grand National Roadster Show before we got the 47 done, and I'm their auctioneer. And I worked with John Buck as a promoter for Grand National. Well, the, the one year it was, uh, for, I was helping Terry Goose, which is Chris's mom, and it's for the Progeria Foundation because he lost his sister. And she was affected by progeria. Mm. And that, that horrific aging disease and, you know, you're 10, you look like you're 100. Mm-hmm. And just, you mm-hmm. know, and life expectancy is very limited. But sure, it's a, but it's a, maybe a handful of people are affected. But when you're one of those families that are affected, it's the most important thing to you. Yes. Yes. What you guys are doing, yeah, and I know I'm on my soapbox, but I do enjoy the view there, and I got to be candid. And if we get X amount of your listeners saying, you know, I'm going to go Google a local car show and see what charity they're helping. Woohoo! Yes. Go for it. Well, and I, I know that you know this too, that uh, we are a global community, and uh, whether okay. the listeners in Germany, France, Australia, or in Iowa, it's it's I agree with you that if people think think of others and and consider how they can contribute this will be a much better world absolutely yeah we'll, we'll just do it one gear at a time right first that's second it. third fourth. that's it that's all you can do well my friend I want to let you have the final uh, final time behind the wheel you get the, you get the final word anything you want whether it's plugging uh, Mike Kenny Vegas whatever it is You've got the floor, my, my friend. Go ahead. Well, Darren, thank you so much. I want to thank all the listeners that for putting up with this old, old white-haired wannabe announcer guy. We've had <laughs> the boys with this for many years. And we, again, I, my mantra is enjoy your cars. Yeah. Don't focus on the trophies so much as focus on having a good time yeah. and get them out of the garage. Yep. My name is Mike Kinney, K-I-N-N-E-Y. My company is my website, MikeKinney.Vegas. You can also reach me at Hammer Down, as in Toronto. Hammer Down at MikeKinney.Vegas. Professional MC, benefit, charity auctioneer, and, and I love, I absolutely love to come to shows and talk about hot rods. If you guys have some interest or opportunity to come help with something, give me a holler. And if, if 
Darren gives you a thumbs up, you know, I'm going to probably do this like beer and pizza and maybe some gas money. You got it. Well, okay. we, we are, this is just the beginning of all kinds of good things working together, and I, I firmly believe that, Mike. It's, uh, there's a lot of road ahead of us. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. And Darren, once again, I want to thank you for the opportunity to be on your show. This this is going to go on my resume. I'm very, very honored because you've had a whole lot of elite people on this podcast, and I'm humbled and thrilled to be included in that family. Well, I'm glad to be on your resume, and, and you, in fact, Mike, I this is how I see it. We have a lot of uh, Volume 2, Volume 3. I can see this as a, have you coming back every six, nine months. So many things going on in your world, what have you. This won't be the last Cars of Carlisle podcast from Mike Kenny. I can tell you that. If you're if you're open to it, I'm down with it. Dude, sign me up, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and, and wrap the show. Thank you, Mike, and we'll be talking real soon. Thank you all. Everybody have a great, safe day. You too. On behalf of the entire team at Cars of Carlisle, we hope you enjoyed this week's show and spending time with the charismatic and fun Mike Kinney. Hey, Mike, thanks so much, bud. Really appreciate you being on the show. So I want to put out a big thank you and a shout out to all the professionals at our OEM automotive dealer sponsor, Porsche Mechanicsburg, just a few minutes to the east of Carlisle, Pennsylvania. Porsche Mechanicsburg is the place if you have any interest in, in purchasing or looking into the automobiles from Stuttgart the, at 6625 Carlisle Pike, Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania, you can reach them at 717-590-8710 or just PorscheMechanicsburg.com. But check them out. They're building the Porsche Center, which we featured some episodes back. The state-of-the-art facility is going to be immaculate and uh, so impressive. And with that, they offer a unique selection of new and pre-owned Porsches to choose from or custom build your new Porsche through Porsche Mechanicsburg, whether it be a Porsche 718, a Porsche 911, Panamera, Macan, Cayenne, Taycan, check them out. And again, a big thank you to Porsche Mechanicsburg. Now it's time for the trivia question and answer. To remind you, the question was, in what year did the SEMA show move from its home in Southern California to Las Vegas? That answer is the year 1977. So doing some research on this, I found that the SEMA show started off in 1967 and it was actually in the uh, uh, basement of Dodger Stadium. And uh, so what a, you figure what a, what a small beginning. Then it moved to the Anaheim Stadium in 1974 and it grew and grew and grew until, as I mentioned, 1977 is when it left the Los Angeles area and went to Las Vegas and a lot of that decision was just because it was growing the number of vendors the participants and they needed the space and uh, quite honestly too it made sense in the sense that you had this world famous location the fact that there was all kinds of entertainment up and down the strip that had the hotels and the infrastructure to handle it of course the airport and what have you so it seemed to be the the best uh, the best move so the year that uh, SEMA moved from the greater Los Angeles area to Vegas, 1977. 
Okay, my friends, we have reached the end of this week's road trip. We cannot wait to have you come back. Thank you for being here this week. Thank you for being a fan. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for donating and supporting and helping us make this your podcast the very best it can be at all times. We truly appreciate that. Email us at carsacarloutoutlook.com. I will respond personally to each and every email, and I thank you so much for being a part of this community. And if you found this episode enjoyable, why not show your appreciation by supporting your podcast through PayPal? Thank you so much for for that support because as we are a small business that helps us do things that better the show for you, and you wouldn't believe that no matter the amount, it makes a real difference. So thank you in advance. I wish you all a safe and exceptional remainder of this week. Continue to be great and do all things that you do. We're glad to have you a part of this community. So grateful to uh, know that you're listening and spreading the word. So until next week, remember it is all about car community and car culture. Drive well, be well, and take care.